want to thank you all for coming back. You heard I was coming. I didn't surprise anybody showed up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, good to be here. Thank the Lord for his blessings. Beautiful day in southeastern. Is this classified as southeastern Illinois? Yeah. Or southern Illinois? Yeah. What is it? Okay. Anyway, it's Illinois. Amen? It's Illinois. We do know that. All right. Uh, I'll tell you what. The Sunday school lesson this morning... Just stomped all over my sermon. Because <laughs> I'm going to teach or preach this morning on the Word of God. And so if you have your Bibles, be opening to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Probably most of you, I'm sure, are familiar with the verse or passage of Scripture, not verse, but passage. I want to entitle my message this morning, My Compass. My Compass. And I don't know. I, I myself, Brother Bill, I've not used really a compass. I'm an old coon hunter. Anybody else a coon hunter? Got one or two. That's good. Uh, that's the life. You're going out at night with your, uh, your kerosene lamps or your carbide lamps or your night light or whatever. We use carbide lights. It's what we use and then a flashlight uh, to shoot them out, shoot the coons out. We used to sell fur and different things. But that's the life. Get out in a in a muddy old cornfield or bean field that's been worked up and, and get so much mud on your boots you just can't hardly walk, right? Yeah, or, or you get down at a, at a creek and you don't watch where you're going and you stumble over a root and go right down into the creek head first, right? Or a lamb, uh, a lamb comes, somebody walks in front of you and they push back a limb and they let go of it and then it comes back and smacks you in the face. That's life, isn't it, Tony? <laughs> we... I guess. <laughs> We've done it for a long time. Done it for a long time. But we never had a compass. That was where I was going with this. We never used the compass. Uh, most places that we went coon hunting at was small enough woods where we pretty well could see if, could see if there was a few stars or the, or the moon was kind of shadowed over with clouds. We could get a good idea where we you know, were at. But we, we dad hardly ever, if, if ever, went out when the moon was shining bright and the stars was out because the coon wasn't running and it was no use wasting your time. And so, anyway, that's a little bit of my past history. But this morning I want to bring a message on my compass. And of course, as I said, it's the Word of God. Let me read you a little bit about the compass, where it came about at. It started, or it was, it, they think that the compass began in, in the land of China. Can you figure that out? Where's all the stuff that we buy today from, almost anyway, from the land of China, right? From the land of China. This happened about the second century. Second century. Um, it goes on and it said it wasn't, uh, the, the magnetic compass was not at first used for navigation. Uh, it was used for uh, fortune telling and some other garbage like that. Can you believe that? Anyway, I just come off the internet, so it's like Inquirer magazine. <laughs> Believe what you want to, you know. Believe what you want to. But um, going on, Western Europeans soon, uh, soon followed uh, at the end of the uh, 12th century. Uh, and if a compass is not working, this this is true. If the compass is not working right, it's not any help, is it? Which way does the compass always point? The needle of the compass always point? 
and I'm assuming this is north, correct? Yeah. Okay. It always point if it's working right, it always points north. Which way does this book always point us? To God, up, good word. It points us up in God, to God, doesn't it? So can you see the, how, I, how I'm comparing a little bit maybe with the compass to the Word of God? A compass, again, if it's working right, is always going to lead you north or point you north. If the Bible, and we talked about studying and reading and, and the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us and directing us in our Sunday school lesson. I mean, like I said, Danny just stomped all over it this morning. But thank the Lord, because it's all truth. Amen. Amen. Yes. It's all truth. And so this morning, I want to, by God's grace, bring you some thoughts from the Word of God. Now, this morning, I, I have, if you, most of you may or may not know this, I don't know, but I have a Facebook program that I do on, on a Sunday morning at 8 o'clock most of the time, and on Wednesday afternoon at 5. Wednesday afternoon at 5 because I get off my bus route about 15 after 5 and get home about 4.30, so... So I do it at 5 o'clock. I used to do it at 4. Then I had to set her back because of the bus route. But here's the thing. This morning, I spoke on my program as far as raising our children. Raising our children. How should we raise our children? According to the book. According to our compass. Now let me ask you a question. How are people trying to raise our children this nowadays? And they have always as far as that's concerned. But it seems like nowadays people are more concerned about raising their children. Well, maybe I should say letting our children grow up. Maybe that would be a better word. They're not raising them in some cases, correct? Because they're growing up. And you can tell if you're around a child very long whether they've been raised or whether they've been let go and grow up. Am I right or am I wrong? Thank the Lord for the ones that's been raised. I was raised. Amen. Dad had his hickory switch right there beside the door. The uh, chicken house wasn't too far out the door. Sometimes or the brooder house or the, the smoke house, whatever you want to call it. I was raised. I was told not to do something How'd I get off on this? I was told not to do something, and I'd better not do it. How many of us agree with that? We was all probably raised about that way. <clears throat> there was times that I wish Dad hadn't corrected me, but then as I got older, I thank the Lord that he did. Because what he taught me on how to live my life was the way the book teaches me as a saved person to live my life. I, before I read 2 Timothy, let's go over to the book of Galatians. And I, and I want to share this with you. And I got onto this a little bit on my program this morning. And I told them, I said, I'll probably step on some toes this morning. Some of you might get upset at me this morning. But I said, that's okay. That's okay. Because I'm a minister of the gospel and I preach what I feel God leads me to preach. Because that's what my, I, I, that's what my conviction is, Nick. I mean, I've got to preach what God tells me to preach. Because if I don't, I'm going to have to give an account to Him. Amen? Amen. I'm going to have to give an account. So here, let's read. Let's read how the world raises their children today. Our children. Well, not their children. Our children. Mine's already grown up. 
My youngest one is 40, 43, I, I think. Okay, Janice says 43, so I'm good. <laughs> but, but, so, but, but you know what? Even, even if the youngest one is 43, the oldest one is 40, will be 48 in July, they still call mom and dad and ask for advice. Did your kids do that? Those of you that's got kids that's, that's off by themselves? Mine still call us for advice. I think it's wonderful because they know what we're going to advise them. We're going to advise them to follow the book. That's the way to do it, right? To be pleasing to the Lord. But let's see how the world is raising or letting their children grow up, raising or grow up, however you want to put it. In chapter, in Galatians chapter 5, in verse 19, you know, I'll probably know most of you know what this says. But it says here, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness. You ask the average person, young person in high school today, you ask them one question, and I'm going to get personal. I don't hope, hope nobody's offended by what I say. But you ask them, is it all right to have sex before you are married? What are they going to say? It's okay. I mean, that's what's taught in school. Hey, no difference between genders today. Amen? Amen. Boy, that's stupid. It's garbage. But that's what's being taught. And not just in schools. I mean, all over. But how many of them says it's okay to have sex before you're married? When the Bible says it's the flesh that teaches that. Not God, it's the flesh. Verse uh, 20. Adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revilings and such like of the which I tell you before as I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now boy, I tell you what, the works of the flesh ain't very good, are they? They're terrible. Matter of fact, they're lost people. They're for lot. That's the way the world looks at them. I mean, I'm, I shouldn't have said they're lost people. They may not be. They may think that this is okay. Even save people in a backslidden condition. Or maybe not knowing the scripture thinks it's all right to do these things. But folks, it's not. It's sin in the sight of God. It's sin and it always will be sin. Because the Bible is the same. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He inspired the word of God. And it has not changed. I don't care what the world says. The Bible in 2022 on June the 5th has not changed one iota as it did when God inspired it back many years ago. Amen. But the world says, this is 2022, June 5th, we don't, we don't need the Bible. We don't need prayer in school. And I know Brother Don worked in the, in the public school system for several years, and many of you may have as well. You have seen that. I've, I drive a bus. I was in high school. I was in, 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 in grade school. In high school, 
I worked as a janitor. I drove a bus at different times. I was a coach. Folks, listen. Immorality in our, in our society, not just schools, but in our society, has went to the hogs, went to the pigs. And it's terrible. And you know why? Because people have gotten away from the compass. They've gotten away from the compass. Because this book is not going to teach us, as we mentioned in Sunday school, it's not going to teach us against God's will in our lives. And if the Bible says that the flesh, the works of the flesh is adultery and fornication and whatever else is listed, I think there's 19 different things listed there. God's Word is not going to teach us to participate in those things. But I thank the Lord what it says in verse number 22 of that chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit. And that's the dwelling of the Holy Spirit inside of us, helping us to see and to understand and to know what the Word of God says. Amen? Amen. That's what He's there for. One of the things He's there for. And this is what it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, above such there is no law. Amen. Amen. But the fruit of the Spirit. Where's the Holy Spirit? Right here. And if you're a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, He's right there with you as well. If you're not, I pray that you would see your need of a Savior. Repent of your sin and put your faith in Christ Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And then He'll be there with you as well. So we have the works of the flesh. Not good. And we have the fruit of the Spirit. Lovely. Lovely. Major difference between the two. Amen? Major difference. Now let's go back over to 2 Timothy, if you will. I lost my place in 2 Timothy. I don't think I ever got there to start with. Anyway, 2 Timothy. I want to start reading verse number 15. Chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible says, Now from a child, who's Paul writing to? Timothy, his son in the faith, one that he has he is nurtured in the Lord since Timothy's been saved, one that Paul has taught since Timothy has been saved. He's taught Timothy about the Word of God. Folks, what's our responsibility? We have young people with us this morning. We have young people, I believe, downstairs as well. What is our responsibility as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents perhaps? to teach our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren and our nieces and our nephews and anybody else that will listen, what is our responsibility? To teach the Word of God to them. Raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's not sitting at the TV and watching TV programs, it's not watching video programs, it's not playing on the computer 
games. It's not playing with our iPhones. It's not playing with, with uh, Kindles. It's not, it's not uh, doing anything else. Our responsibility is to raise children up as well as everybody, young and old, raising them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That is our compass. That is, the, that is our responsibility. A lot of people don't want to take that responsibility. They want somebody else to do it. Where would the church be today if nobody would, would fulfill any responsibility? It would fold up, wouldn't it? It would fold up. Thank the Lord. Freedom has folks that will step up and take care of things that need taken care of and do things that need to be done. And I'm, I'm you say, I can't, Brother Rick. I don't know how. Step out in faith and talk to your pastor, talk to a deacon, talk to a trustee, talk to somebody and say, I'm not for sure how to do this, but I want to try. And I'll guarantee you, somebody will be there to help you out. Yeah. And you'll get the job done. I've never found a church that would not help a member that wanted to do something. That make sense? Timothy was a young man. How old Timothy was, I don't know. But he was... He was, a, he was Paul's, as I mentioned, Paul's son in the faith. Titus was the same way. Paul, Paul worked with these two men, young men, fervently to get them, teach, to teach them and to help them to know some things about the Lord and to serve the Lord. Paul had a, man, Paul had a rough life before he was saved, didn't he? He was a Pharisee. He was a Jew. He was a Roman. He was a persecutor of Christians. But when the Lord saved him on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, it changed him completely. He was going south, and he turned around and started going north, Brother Don. Why? Because he was that new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things had passed away, and behold, all things have become new. That's what happened to me. And I'm sure that's what happened to you when you were saved. Oh, I used to cuss with the, with the sailors. There used to be a lot of things I dare not do now. And some of them are hard to break. And if I'm not careful, there's sometimes that I slip off that cliff and fall into that creek. And I sin. And when I realized that by the Holy Spirit, God shows me, or the Holy Spirit shows me, and I repent of that sin. And I stand back up, and I do my best to get back on the firing line for the Lord. And that's what we all should do. Stay on that firing line. I don't know how many of you is in the service. I don't know how many of you learned what were in active duty or, or any, around Vietnam or anything of that nature or Desert Storm or whatever. But here's the thing. If you're a soldier, you're prepared. You prepare yourself for battle, don't you? 
And folks, listen. Woo! I, I've, I thank the Lord for veterans. Amen. And if you served, then thank, I praise God for you. Amen. I never did. Vietnam was going on when I graduated in 1970 in high school. My number was about 185. I didn't, I, my number was not, not called and I didn't go and I didn't volunteer. I think that's one thing I missed in my life, not being a veteran, not being in the service. But it never was called. But I just happened to think, even though I was never in the military service, I've been in God's army since February of 1970 because that's when I was saved. And so I've been in God's army ever since. Sometimes I've been sitting back and watch others do things. As I said, sometimes I kind of maybe was put in, in, the, in uh, going AWOL, you might say, and stepped off in, or went into the, the KP duty and, pe and peeling taters. But I got back on the firing line. Got back on the firing line. And that's what we all should do. Why? Because we have a compass. We are a soldier of the Lord. And we need to go and to stand faithful in the Lord's army and serve God to the best of our ability. Listen, listen to that general that's leading us and guiding us and directing us. And I had a sermon at one time I preached that, that, maybe, that God was... was General and Jesus was captain and, and the Holy Spirit maybe was sergeant and, and then that type of thing. Just kept going down like that. Deacons were one thing and trustees maybe were something else. The pastor was something else. But folks, listen. We've got one general. One general. And I think there's only been one, and correct me if I'm wrong, one five-star general in our army. And I don't remember who the gentleman was. But I think there's only been one five-star general. But you know what? The author and the finisher of our faith is not a five-star general. He's not a ten-star general. I don't know where you could even classify him as having how many stars because he's the creator of this universe. He's the one that has... That has Stood faithful to you and I, no matter what is compassed about us in our lives. He stood faithful to us. He told us he would always stay faithful to us. He promised in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 8, the latter part, verse number 5, the latter part of that verse, he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. Yes. Now, how many times have we forsaken God? I don't want to remember all those times. But I know I have. But I didn't know without any question of a doubt that God has never forsaken me. Tony, I'll get back over here in the middle. <laughs> never has he forsaken me. He's always been faithful to me. Amen. And he's always been faithful to you. No matter what I've been through. Let's go on and read. Verse 16, we're talking about our compass, right? My compass. 
Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. It's for our benefit so that we can grow in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That's what it's here for. These 66 books that we have before us this morning is here for our benefit to learn about God, to know more about God, what God expects in our lives, and how we ought to live our lives for God's honor and for God's glory. That's what it's all about. I'm here for one main purpose, and that's to serve God. You're here for one main purpose, and that's to serve God. I mean, God... God has led me to do other things, yes. But my main purpose on this earth is to serve Him to the best of my ability and always put Him first in my life. Why do I know that? Why do I believe that? Because my compass tells me that. You say, where do you get that at, Brother Rick? Well, if you turn over to the book of Exodus, Exodus and you read uh, about first five or six, seven verses, the Ten Commandments? Yeah. What's the first one? Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Man, I break that about every day. I break that about every day. What's another one? Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Remember the Lord's day. Golf course is not on that. That's not a place to go to church, you know? Unless you have a chair set up and a preacher standing up on the green and everybody listening to the preacher, that might be a good church service. I don't know whether it would be or not. Don't use the Lord's name in vain. Ouch. The Bible says be say yay, yay, and nay, nay. It's kind of rough, isn't it? And we don't have to say yay, yay, nay, nay, but a lot of people they use, oh, G-O. That, that same thing as using God's name in vain. I shudder when I hear a little guy on my bus use God's name the wrong way. Oh, my. You know, I, I, I hate that. I hate it. And I forgot the fourth one. The first four commandments talk about God. And the second six talk about you and I and how we ought to live our lives with one another. Folks, listen. Somebody on the internet put, how can, how can, they said, no wonder people can't follow the, ten, the thousands of laws that are made when they can't, don't attempt to follow the ten that God has made. That makes sense. I may not be the way it was written, but maybe you get the thought of it. God's ten, out of those ten, everything else should spread out. But people are wanting to forget those ten. They're in the compass. Forget those ten and try to make their own laws. That's the reason. Hey, there's nothing wrong with transgender. transgender. Is, that, is that right? Did I say it right? There's no wrong with operations to change a man to a woman or vice versa. 
no up, no no laws or nothing wrong with 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 people that are that are homosexuals or gay. Nothing wrong with abortions. Nothing wrong with killing somebody in cold blood. Nothing wrong with going in somebody's house and stealing their treasures or their, their possessions and calling it your own. Nothing wrong because you're upset at somebody shooting them. That's the world. That's the world. But it's not my compass. Are, are you understanding where I'm coming from this morning, folks? Are you understanding? This Bible has given us the way to live our lives that will be pleasing to the Lord. Amen. This compass has given us our, our, our directions to always go the right direction. But many times we fall short of that. And when we do that, then we need to ask forgiveness. And the world doesn't even attempt to, you see. So. Turn over to the book of Deuteronomy. Well, I didn't finish reading this. Let's go on. Let's read verse 17. It says that the Son of Man may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yeah. Yeah. These 66 books are here for a purpose. What? That the man of that the man of God may be perfect. Now, here let me let me let me in, in or substitute a word here for you. The word perfect. Nobody's perfect outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let me substitute a word and say mature. Mature. That make a lot of, that makes that, to me it sounds a little clear. Let me read it again. That the son of that the man uh, man of God may be mature. Now let me let me say this. The Bible talks about four specific specific groups of people in the Christian faith. Four different groups: a babe, an adolescent, a young person or a young adult, and then an elder or an older adult, man or woman. Those four. A babe would be someone, maybe that's just been saved, right? In most cases, that's the way we think, but not in all cases. You say, how do you say that, Brother Rick? There may be a person that has been saved for 30 to 40 years and saved at a young age and have never opened up the Word of God, never studied the Word of God, maybe been in the church maybe almost every Sunday since they've been saved, but they've not learned anything about God. You say, give me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. If somebody asked you how to be saved, what would you tell them? And I, I don't want any, any testimonies. I just, I just want you to think about this. Okay? I would say probably almost everybody could do that, that is saved. They could tell somebody maybe how to be saved. Let me ask you another question. We believe, as far as I know, 
everybody that's members here and myself and my wife, we believed in once saved, always saved. Amen? Amen. Okay? Could we tell somebody why? There may be people that couldn't. You see where I'm coming from? The basic doctrines, do we know, do we understand them good enough to explain them to somebody else? Our compass tells us that. So a person might be a babe because he hasn't or she hasn't understood the Word of God. What about an adolescent? We would say 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old person. Maybe we know a little bit more about the Scripture. Young man. Maybe a young man that some, I know some young men that are very knowledgeable of the Lord in the Scripture. Don't you? I know some very, some young men that's that way. Then we get to us old codgers. Uh, sometimes I wonder if I'm an elder. And sometimes somebody will ask me a question and I can't give them an answer. <laughs> I, I had a fella ask me one time, did God ever make a rock big enough that he could not move? And man, that threw me for a loop for a long time. But what's the answer? No. No. God created it all. He created that rock that that guy said he couldn't move. He can move a mountain if he wants to, amen? He can move a mountain. He can cause this war into the Ukraine to stop by the snap of the finger. And I know one of these days there's going to be an event happen that the world is just going to be in awe about. You know what I'm talking about? Most of you probably believe do. When I hear a trumpet sound, and when I look up and I see Jesus in the clouds, and I see his army behind him, or people behind him, and I see people raising up to meet him in the air, I see these graves opening up out here because the Bible says that's who's going to raise first the dead in Christ. And then those of us which are alive and remain are going to rise to meet him in the air. Woo! No, make a Baptist shout. Woo! Amen. Yeah. How do I know that, Brother Rick? Glad you asked. <laughs> My compass tells me. Is it all making sense, guys? This compass will never lead us the wrong way. It'll always be pointing up. I don't care what people tell us. People today say you can't prove God. Prove there is a God. They can't prove there's not a God. You know how I believe there is a God? Because my compass tells me there is. They don't have a compass to look to. All they've got is their brain. And you know what? You know what the Bible tells me? A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. 
Can you imagine that? A fool. Well, I've been called a lot of things. Probably a fool as well. But it ain't because I didn't believe there was a God. I got under conviction when I was eight years old about being lost. I wasn't saved until I was 17. A lot of different, a lot of years there, ain't they? But I never, ever, and I'm, as long as I can remember, believing there was not a God. And I thank God for that. I thank my Lord for that. Folks, I've got scriptures, about 15, 20 scriptures. And the only one that I referred to was in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, 16, and 17. All the rest of them I didn't even look at. God bless this morning. I'm hoping, I'm praying that God's word will go out into all of our hearts and that we'll know without any question or any doubt that there is a God and that this Bible that we have, we hold before us this morning is a compass that we can depend upon. You know what? I'm, I'm basing my eternity upon this compass. You know that? Amen. Yep. I'm basing my eternity upon this compass. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Help me out. But have everlasting life. Amen and amen. I'm going to stop. Thank you for the invitation to come and preach to you. I've been praying for you that God would bless you with a pastor. Give you the man that he would want you to have. Calling a pastor rough on the church. But you know, if the church unites together, prays together, stays together, don't let little differences separate the church, but stay together. No matter what, God will bless and God will give you somebody that he wants you to have. And then that man will guide you and direct you in the way that God wants you to go. That's the best part about it. And that's the best part about it. So thank you for the invite. If I can help you in any way, please let me know. One thing, uh, prayer request. I didn't mention this earlier. There was a, uh, it wasn't necessarily a farming accident of the oblong last Friday, I believe it was, where at the end two men have died. One died, it was a uh, side by side going down the road and it was, a car was trying to pass or was passing him, and the person driving the side-by-side swerved to the left and broadsided the car. I think that's the way it was, if I understood it right, because, well, anyway, I won't get into that. But there was a man that was killed at the accident or died shortly after, and then it was, and he, they had his funeral yesterday. Uh, I don't know what time. Uh, but later on, the man driving the vehicle, or driving the side-by-side, also died. And I have, I have his funeral uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And I ask that you remember me in your prayers, if you will.
He was a saved man. Him and I went to the same church at Willow Hill, there at Salem. We were baptized at the, at the well, not the same time, because that means both of us would be baptized one right after the other. <clears throat> we were both there, and one of us was baptized first, and then he was baptized, or then the other one was baptized first. And the Ambrall, right, north, uh, right east of uh, St. Marie, right, right, there, right there at the bridge, just right east of the bridge, maybe 100, 150 yards, somewhere around there. So, uh, anyway, so he was a saved man, and I thank the Lord for that. But anyway, I pray God's blessings upon freedom. I pray that he'll guide you and direct you. But Tony.